episode two of My Hot Hoo-Ha, Christine speaking. Um, I decided for episode two, let's start off with the, the family connections. So I've got my brother, Harry, who's... Hello. Hello, who's jumping in to is it save the day or to give his opinion on on menopause from a, a boy's perspective. <laughs> so... Yes. What's the boy's perspective, Harry? Tell the audience what you think and what you see and how I respond. In what respect? Uh, and and how, how I act when I'm, you know, going through my menopausal um, flurry. Well, look, I think, I, I, I think generally speaking, obviously, there's a lot of preconceptions about menopause and about menstrual cycles in general because, you know, growing up, as male, whether it's, you know, cis male, gay, whatever, um, you have these perceptions of PMT and aggressive women, and then that extends further into menopause because there's that notion of, like, women flying off the handle or... I don't fly off the handle. Whatever. No, I'm, not, I'm just saying what the preconceptions are. Um, now, the thing is, in terms of your character... I mean, you by nature have a reactive personality, so I don't think okay. that's down to your um, menopause by any stretch of the imagination. However, if, you know, your bodily functions or your bodily temperature is constantly changing, of course that's, of course that's going to piss you off. I mean, we all get frustrated with ourselves, so obviously if we're getting sick all the time or if we're heating up or if we're cooling down or if our hormones are racing all over the place, and that's with any gender, then of course that's going to change your mood. And because there are those preconceived notions of what menopause is like and what mm. women are like with menopause, then obviously, you know, naturally people just relate it to menopause. But you've got a lot of female friends, other than me, your sister, and with what yeah. I go through... Um, well, actually, not many of your friends will probably be going through menopause, though, would they? Well, look, I think everybody, as with menstrual cycles, I think all women behave differently. I mean, I've known women that, you know, have n show no obvious symptoms and others that, you know, pick up samurai swords and want to <laughs> stab everybody inside. Um, but, you know, I think everybody reacts differently. I think that's, you know, that's with any situation, really. Um... And I think the biggest issue is, as I said before, just the, the perception of menopause and the fact that, you know, because there's that whole notion of women are aggressive when, when they go through menopause or women get hormonal or this, that, the other, then it's easy to just uh, put the blame on that, essentially. Well, hang on. I've been hormonal on many occasions throughout my life, as you know. Yeah. I can blame it on bloody the hormones because that is a huge part of it. It's not just, I mean, obviously my personality yeah, as well. I'm not, I'm not saying for women to, to, to blame it on the menopause. I'm saying for an outsider, so to speak, especially like a male, to just go, oh, she's menopausal, oh, she's, uh, you know, on the rag or whatever the slang term might be this year, but when they're menstruating, and I think that's easy. And, yeah, part of it is... Um, true, but I think what I'm arguing is more about the shame associated with just like placing it on the hormone. It's kind of like because um, it might be related to hormones, automatically a man is going to be like, oh, she's hormonal or she's premenstrual or she's postmenstrual or she's uh, menopausal. So there's automatically this negative connotation, basically. 
Do you think men though, understand women going through menopause? Oh, men don't understand themselves, let alone <laughs> women in general, but that's another story altogether. Uh, no, but then, uh, as I've said before, there's a lot of shame because there are uh, those very specific gender-based roles, uh, and that goes for men as well, and that's why a lot of toxic masculinity exists. And, you know, we're obviously not going to go into the whole non-binary and gender-fluid aspect because that's a very complicated issue. Mm -hmm. um, but I think... Because that exists, because there's that automatic notion that women are emotional by nature or women are bitches. hormonal by nature. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, the, the women are bitches thing also goes into business. You know, there's that cliche of like men are strong and powerful, women are bitches, basically. But yeah, again, that's another complicated subject. Um, sorry, I think I'm going off. No, 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 no. Do you, do you I think? What your was. <laughs> well, the topic is menopause. But, you know, and that's actually interesting because I've been doing a bit of research on that word menopause. So what do you think, like, menopause? Does it derive from the word men? And I'm not talking about an analytical and Oxford Dictionary um, interpretation. Why is it called menopause? I, I still don't understand. Well, the thing is, okay, first of all, why pause? You know, pause is to put a temporary stop to something mm. and menopause isn't a temporary thing at all it's a permanent thing well so I think the symptoms well when you say permanent permanent yes it is but the symptoms may not be permanent for some women there could be literally no there can be no symptoms some can go on yeah, for of course, years and then, some can just go what are you on putting a, what's the pause on if you know if we're taking it in the most basic terms and this is obviously has no bearing on its etymology but why pause? Pause on what? Pause on women being hormonal? Pause on women being bitches? Pause on women being normal? Or, like, oh, pause, pause on women being women because, you know, you know it's attached to once a woman's, you know, menstrual body and, and menstrual system sort of stops. It just means that... And, and I don't remember how I felt when I first... I Actually, were you here in Australia when it happened? I don't think you were. Because let me let you in, um, audience, on audience, uh, listeners, on, on on the history. My my brother's been living away from home and overseas for the most part of what the last twenty years. Um, well, well, considering I'm only twenty five, <laughs> you years. wish. <laughs> so he's, you know, we we talk on a very regular basis, if if not every day, every second day. So we talk quite regularly, and there's an age gap of seven years between us. Um, Harry's seven years my junior, but I mean, he knows my personality. I know your personality inside out, but obviously we've grown up in different environments. I've been living at home with mum, and Harry's been living far away. But um, from just a context of um of menopause. You see it, because you've been back intermittently back to Australia, you've actually seen my personality and probably pisses you off sometimes, but overall we actually have a pretty good relationship. But Yeah, but also bear in mind I'm a moody bastard, so I piss myself off, so <laughs> everybody's going to piss me off at some point. Most of my friends annoy me at some point. <laughs> Maybe you have um, menopause too. <laughs> well, well, I have read articles that, um, not menopause per se, but I have read articles that there is a parallel in men's, I don't know if it's a physical symptom or it's a mental thing, but men experience some um, vague similarity. Um, now, I don't know if that's utter bullshit or, you know, if it's just about <laughs> men wanting to cash in on it. Um, uh. But I do recall when I read this many, many years ago, I thought, let me do some little, you know, self 
research on this and I kind of realized that about the, the 17th of every month I would start getting moody no. so for some reason I, I claimed that as my male menopause I mean obviously it was just purely um me being a melodramatic idiot but yeah well you know when I was when I used to have my period most of my friends and my my girlfriends were professional personal we all seem to sort of sync with each other and even now when we're going through sort of menopause because majority of my friends are probably the same age bracket we seem to be syncing with our menopause as well and it's just hilarious because yeah but isn't that also the case with menstrual cycles yeah that's, that's what i just that said yeah if, if there's more than one woman in a, in a house for example then for some reason they all seem to sync up, mm, mm, which mm. I think is really, really fascinating. I have no idea how it operates. I don't know I how it happens. It's really strange because every environment that I've worked in and even with my, my friends, we, used to, we were all going through the same same sort of symptoms. We all seem to sync around the same time as to when we had our, our period. So well, it's weird. maybe. <laughs> Go on. Well, obviously, you know how dogs kind of sink <laughs> in and understand each other? Maybe that old adage of men assuming that women are bitches rings true. Well, <laughs> hey, no, depends on which way you look at a bitch, hey? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, I, I think... Um, in terms of the professional world as well, it's not just about menopause or menstrual cycles because there's still... The oh, there's a lot of taboo about, around it still. There is well, a lot of Not just about that, but even, you know, women getting pregnant because in a lot of countries, uh, parental, uh, uh, paternal leave is still kind of not a thing. I mean, in America, I don't think paternal leave, paternal leave exists. Ooh. So, and, and in a lot of high-powered positions, you know, a woman taking time off to you know, nurse her child even for a month or two is frowned upon. So, and then obviously we go into the whole glass ceiling again. Yeah, it's a very you know. complicated subject. Um, but I think the issue with menopause is that as with uh, menstruation, it's treated in a very kind of trivial manner. Mm. Oh, it's just women. Oh, they're just being emotional. They're just being hormonal. Whatever. Well, you know, and there's a parallel of ageism with, um, with that comes with... Um with um, women having menopause, and particularly in the professional sector, um, I, th I think they can exist because, I mean, when I was working in the construction industry, it was never even sort of discussed and it was really bad, especially you know, when, when I was in a meeting and um, I'd be sitting there with, with all these men and, and I just couldn't control myself, even the hot flushes, the, the anxiety, the red face, the taking off of the clothes on and off. Uh, but we never really sort of discuss it because it was just something that was, oh, no, let, let's just brush it under the carpet um, and let's not even think about it and let's not even... And I still don't think in the workplace that really it is actually something that's considered as part of a workplace and culture and as part of um, looking after the female um, Well, how can it be, how can it be discussed openly in a workplace culture when it's not really discussed openly in a social context? Well, that's either? true, that's true. So I have no issue I mean, with my friends. At, you know, you look at somewhere like America where in the past years um, discussions about mental health have kind of really come to the surface, which is a great thing, but things related to women's bodies specifically. I mean, we look at what happened recently with the abortion laws in, was it Texas? Or, no, anyway, no, I think it was Texas, was. wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Texas. I think so. Yeah, I mean, still, there's the notion of, like, these, you know, old, white, cis men thinking that they have a right to 
dictate what a woman does with her body. Now, if they had an understanding of what women's bodies go through, then you could argue that, yes, that's valid. But when, when you're dealing with, like, you know, a very typical patriarchal, old, straight, white guy telling a woman, no, you shouldn't do this mm -hmm. or whatever, based on their kind of very outdated notions of morality and puritanical whatever, then... Ooh. We can't dis know, that's not going to change. Mm, but we can't dis men, you know, um, the, on the no, whole, because not everybody is, you know, um, in the same place as, as, as well. And it's kind of like, well, I can't dis men completely, but it's almost a case of... Look, I think toxic masculinity exists because it's been allowed to exist, but it's for so many years. And obviously the opposite of a toxic masculinity is this kind of hyper-femininity and the hyper-femininity also goes into the sexualization of women, both from the male gaze and the female gaze now, which happens a lot with younger women, oh, especially God. like... But again, you know, it, this can't change because it's getting worse. I mean, if you just look at Hollywood, for example, it goes back to that old adage of like, you know, an older actor is seen as... You know, past it and shouldn't whatever. be working and should be basically retiring at home and not doing anything else and uh, should okay, be looking after it, the grandkids. It, 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 it is slightly different. Um, women are seen differently, but for example, I'm living in Greece now, and mm. traditionally it's a it's considered a matriarchal society. Yeah. However, however, it's still very patriarchal, and the amount of femicides that have come out into the open in the last year, especially for a country like Greece, is shocking. But a lot of that is because, well, they've probably actually always been going on, but it's just that now people are acknowledging them and deciding to talk about them. But, you know, if we're in 2021, is that the year we're in yet? Yeah. If we're in 2021 <laughs> and we're still discussing, you know, Black Lives Matter, for example, and, you know... We shouldn't, have to, we shouldn't have to discuss Black Lives, um, homosexuality or non-binary or any of that. It shouldn't be something that's... They should just all be givens. Yeah, exactly. They should just all be givens. And I mean, look, I had this discussion with people before, and whether it's racism, sexism, homophobia, or anything else. Um, and yes, we've gone off topic, but that's okay. No, that's right. <laughs> but I think w with any of these things, I don't actually understand them from a logical point of view, because I was having a discussion recently uh, about racism. And it was kind of like people arguing that, you know, judging people based on their color. And I thought, okay, from a logical point of view, that just makes absolutely no sense. Because if you then take into account, you put like, I don't know, 50 people of color all lined up next to each other, differing shades, then what's the cutoff point? Yeah, exactly. In terms of exactly. blackness, you know, so it's, it's illogical. So in much the same way... As ageism uh, falls into that pattern as well. Well, yeah, all of those isms fall into that pattern. I, I, I don't understand it from a logical point of view. But as humans... We have to separate, we have to segregate. It's easy to kind of compartmentalize things because that's, you know, the way we behave. We know that that is red, that is white, that is an orange, that but is see, an apple. That's I'm, how we operate. I'm also very surprised that here in Australia, and the UK is probably leading the forefront on that, on taking more of an advocacy type um, stance and even a legislative stance on, on menopause. Whereas here in Australia, and I don't even think it's even happening in America, I could be wrong because I need to do a little bit more research on it. We haven't got any particular type of legislation or anything that helps women um, dealing with menopause. I mean, uh, even I've I think, experienced it from... Um, used to be more progressive. I think Australia used to be more progressive mm -hmm. on some level. But I think that something in the last decade has changed, and I think a lot of that has 
been because its reliance on America for kind of general culture, uh, for lack of a better word, and it's kind of simplifying everything and making everything memeable. Yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, I get that, but it still doesn't make sense because here in particular, we should be looking at addressing it, particularly in the. Let me just put it as a stance of a professional, um, in the professional arena, really should be addressing it because why should a woman stop her job um, or, or stop any career plans simply because she's got menopause? And unfortunately, menopause can be quite debilitating both emotionally but physically as well. And I know because I've had personal experience of both the emotional and the physical, and it can really disrupt your day. It can disrupt how you approach your work. It can disrupt how you actually do your work, but how you deal with um, the business relationships. And let's face it, there is always a personal element in your business yeah, relationships and professional life. Can I just ask you, can I just ask you, with regards to Australia specifically, because obviously every country is different, but I mean, Australia... Uh, specifically, I mean, if we go back a few years, I don't know how many years ago it was, but the issue that had happened with, was it Tony Abbott and who was the Prime Minister at the time, the female one with the... Oh, um, Julia Gillard. Yes. The one that had the annoying voice, unfortunately. Yeah, okay, she had an annoying voice, but then I've got probably an annoying voice, (laughs) you know, many times. But, um, yeah, the comments that Tony Abbott had made towards her and to women in general... Uh, and the fact that these comments were kind of seen as locker room talk, or when Donald Trump was, you know, talking about grabbing women by the pussy. Yes, people were up in arms about it, but both of these, the, the way that these are seen as locker room talk and that it's acceptable, um, still kind of uh, shows us how far back we are in terms of representation and understanding of the differences or the similarities between genders because these things are just allowed. Mm. I mean, you know, obviously on one level we've gone to the opposite extreme where people are arguing, oh, you can't say this, you can't say that anymore. Ah, uh, uh, yes, see, I I'm totally against that. To, I think well, we've gone over to go the top. to one extreme in order to come back. I mean, I was watching an old documentary a couple of weeks ago by Louis Theroux and it was talking about all these, um, uh, these groups of men in America, specifically this one guy who's actually now living in Romania or whatever, you know, talking about getting men's rights back. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I, you know, I always try to uh, think about things in a logical way or an intellectual way, and I can understand, as stupid as it sounds, how a, a, a typical, you know, cis white male might feel emasculated uh, because of this, I think it's fucking pathetic, but I can understand it. However, the point is, because I think men have, you know, it goes back to that whole thing of male privilege, because men have been able to get away with whatever they want. And look, you see it even here in like Mediterranean cultures, you know, mummies, boys and boys are allowed to do whatever they want, etc., etc. That has always existed and that will exist until, you know, the older generations have literally died out. Um, because, you know, you see it in younger generations where it is shifting, but I think it's so ingrained into our society. I mean, I remember when I was last in Sydney and I told you that there were these um, diet shakes oh, and yeah. one was like man shake and one was woman shake. And the advertising really angered me. The fact that we're in 2021 and you're getting these things of like man drink, woman drink, because a man's going to feel um, better about themselves um, because they're drinking a man shake. 
but there was there was actually a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I don't know how old the sketch was, but it was talking about uh, men's makeup and the way yes. they were kind of selling it in a parody was that it was like man's makeup, you know, in this very sort of macho, yeah. natural eyeliner and this well, sort of you've thing seen. to make men feel better. There are a lot of cultures uh, now that, are, that have been embracing the Korean culture because you know I'm K-pop obsessed. There, yeah, and yeah. a lot of other countries, they're embracing um, makeup. Yeah, Christina, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. it because you know what it is? A lot of people think, oh, my God, men with makeup, it just um, deters from their masculinity and it means but they're look, more feminine. this like, is still a very modern phenomenon. I mean, mm. I, I, we've had this discussion before. If you mm. go back to the times of uh, Louis XIV, men were the first to wear exactly. high heels. Exactly. That was because of, you know, going on horses. Men were the ones that were more flamboyant. But, you know, even the colour pink was traditionally a men's colour. Mm. But all of a sudden, in this last century, things have changed so much that now we just assume that, you know, women are supposed to wear this and men are supposed to wear this. It's the same, you know, adage of, like, a woman is perfectly fine wearing trousers, even though that was still a relatively new thing, because <laughs> in the 60s in France, but a man wearing a skirt, even though traditionally, and still in many, you know, South uh, Pacific cultures, Men wear sarongs, or men wear skirts, or Scottish mm -hmm. men wear kilts. At the end of the day, it's just bloody clothing. It's just bloody makeup. It's just you know what makes you a woman. And obviously, we're not going into the whole aspect of no. trans, etc. But what makes you a woman by you know basic default is that you have a vagina. What makes you a man by basic default is that you have a penis. End off. That's the way That's I feel right. anyway. Well, How we you take it further from that is your yeah. choice. We could look, we could go on ad, ad nauseum and infinitum because you and I can talk together for forever. But on, on the last note, because we're really, it's been a good one actually, we've really been going over time. I've tried to make these podcasts and what I said from the, out, out, the outset is that I want to actually focus on the comedic side. And when I say that, I'm not saying that that's comedic only because it's a funny topic um i'm saying that we need to there's the serious aspect of it but i think we also need to look at the light-hearted aspect of it and say you know what it's a part of life let's embrace it let's laugh at it so our symptoms instead of you know what where i sit down and cry i want to be able to talk to a friend of mine where she just makes me kill over in laughter because she's going through the same symptoms and we can both empathize and i want that part of workplace culture in australia as well whereby women can have a forum um and men too where they actually just not joke about it but not take the piss about it and not make it um into a joke to the extent that they're being um insulting no, it's, it's not so much making a joke it's mm. just nor is it about trivializing it's just about saying well, all these factors, and not just menopause, but all these factors in society exist, okay? Mm. Whatever you do, it ain't going to change, so let's just kind of look on the bright side of life. Because, yes, we can sit there and be depressed and miserable about it, you know, every day, every night. And, obviously, there are moments to kind of really look into it and be serious about it and really analyze it and whatever else. But if we can't actually laugh about it, I mean... By laughing about it, we're just kind of accepting that exactly. it does exist. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and showing that it's a part of like, you know, it's kind of like I can be a moody bitch. Yes, I accept that. And when somebody calls me out on that and takes the piss out of me, then I can laugh at my own, you know, shortcomings right. or whatever else. That's all it boils down to, really. And that's why on this, you know, lovely ending note, because this has been an enjoyable, actually, episode number two, um, you can always just resort to what I do. That's K-pop. K-drama, K-everything. So I'm Greek by nature, but maybe there's a part of me that's got career in there and maybe I need to go to Korea to talk to them about menopause as well. <laughs> I had to get or that in, Harry. Had to get that in. Or just, 
Or you can always just go down to Cape Town and have a nice Korean barbecue. Well, that's true. There's always food. Exactly. And as we finish off, thanks, folks, for listening. Um, this has been episode number two. You're listening to Mohot Hoo Ha, Christina and her brother, Harry. Harry. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Bye.